Welcome to Winning on Wednesday. My name is Juan Vitas, and I'm the founder of Winning on Wednesday. Today's guest is Yel Pollock. He's a graduate from Colgate University, and he also attended Torah Law Center as well. Yel is a very prominent lawyer in Long Island. He has extensive experience in handling civil disputes, including labor and employment, real estate, landlord-tenant, and finance, banking, construction, and, uh, cons- and, and other personal injury matters as well. Uh, I just wanted to say welcome to today's guest. Welcome, uh, Yel. How are you? Juan, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you, Gail. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I, I always start by asking, uh, what did your parents do? Tell me from all the beginning, from the start, how, what did your parents do for a living? I, I like to ask uh, people that question from the very beginning. All right. Well, you know, mainly um, a, a lot had been from my grandfather working in a factory Um, You know, he had worked in a factory where they manufactured boxes, and uh, that was something that had um, been passed down to his children, so my mother and my uncles. Um, One of my uncles ended up going to California to be a doctor, so they had taken over the business. And uh, while I was younger, I got to go to the factory and and see what type of Um, workers were there and how there was an office staff and then there were the manual workers working the machines um, down in the factory and I was always fascinated by it. Um, Granted, I was very young, so I wasn't uh, as fascinated as I am now about the working conditions or pay they were receiving, but they all seemed happy. And so um, that's generally what they did uh, growing up. Um, You know, so that's how... uh, That was their business. I see that. No, they can see the passionate for uh, workers and employees. And I can now see where that comes from. Um, Question for you. When you were seven years old, what did you want to be? Did you when you grew up, did you always wanted to become a lawyer or a worker? Or how did did that? What did you be when you were seven? What what, what did you want to like become when you grew up? You know, like a typical seven year old, I wanted to, you know, be a a basketball player. But reality (laughs) sunk in, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And um, what I just realized is that I wanted to help people. Um, I didn't know what that meant at the time, um, but it did feel good and it felt like something that I'd want to do. And so uh, as I grew, um, I have a lot of family members who are in law. Granted, nobody um, with my direct lineage, but uh, and, you know, second cousins and, and, and whatnot. And so um, it became an area that I became very Uh, focused on um, in terms of not just going to law school, but also the type of law that I'd want to come out um, doing after I was in law school, which was uh, to be a litigator. Um, You know, there's basically uh, two two types of lawyers. You have transactional and you have uh, litigators. And um, I always wanted to be in the, the litigator arena for some reason. And I think it's uh, just having that competitive nature of, you know, when I was younger, I was competitive at sports and you don't gain that, um, that edge when you're older, but in, uh, in, in litigation, it does feel like a a victory and a loss, even though, uh, a lot of cases result in settlement. Uh, the, the results I get from my clients make it seem like a, a, a true victory. I got it. And, and question, what, attracted you to become a lawyer like what attracted you to the law um well you know it wasn't something i jumped into right away um it was some, uh, when i had graduated from college 
in 2001. Uh, my first job was uh, being a real estate broker. Granted, my first day of work was September 10th, 2001, and I was living in the city. So uh, you can imagine um, how uh, that affected the commercial real estate and people not really wanting to come into New York. Um, but it was a commission-based lifestyle, and I dealt frequently with lawyers um, while in that position as a broker. And so I saw what they were doing, and it, and it seemed more stable um, in terms of a lifestyle instead of, you know, uh, the, you know, then we were dealing with September 11th. Now, we, you know, the, the other hurdle that we just have recently are, and are still dealing with is COVID. But, um, you know, just the, the consistency and being able to deal with people was really what drew me to law and, and wanting to make change. Got it. And, and, and do you have any did you have any hobbies growing up or any interests like um, or did you still have any 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 hobbies that continued since you do? Or I mean, you know, sports have always been a true passion of mine, um, whether it's rooting for a team or, or playing on the fields. Um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've pretty much become resigned to be a, a golfer. But, you know, my hobbies really now consist around my, my children. I have a, two boys, 10 and seven years old, who um, I like to inspire. Um, I like to inspire them for education. I like to inspire them for doing charitable work. And I like to inspire them, you know, in being competitive in whatever they're passionate with. And Right now, at that age, they're both uh, very into sports. And so it's great, you know, being able to, to teach them certain things um, from what I did growing up and, and coach them. Um, you know, I, I do coach where I can and help out as an assistant where someone else has that position. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a joy um, working with kids like that. And then, you know, the, I, I really feel good about it at the end when, you know, the, the parents all chip in for a gift and say how, how great the, the how much they learned or how great the experience was, um, being with me. So it, that, that always feels good. And that's something that I want to continue doing. Wow. The, uh, talking about insp inspired, um, did you have any role models that inspired you or today? Um, you know, I'd say, uh, my uncle, um, who, who moved to California. He was one of the role models that I had had. He had um, become a, a major doctor um, at, at the top of his field um, after, you know, going to um, college and then he didn't do so well there. So he went to Mexico for medical school, but then, you know, made it big time in, in, in California. And so he was always someone that I really, um, it, maybe it's not a role model, but he was always a trusted advisor for me and someone I would lean to. And he um, was very encouraging um, for me to, to go to law school, um, you know, after, after the two years, I was a real estate broker and I realized that was not what was uh, in the long run for me. Yeah, wow. Um, and and, and that, obviously that was your last nine to five job, right? Before you decided to go on your own? Was Correct. Real, right. Right. And yeah. wow. And were you like, do, what the, I mean, what decided your uh, impacted your decision to, to make that jump uh, to go on your own and, 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 and what, was there anything to decide? Was it a deciding factor or something that motivated you or desire you to just go ahead and do it and jump and leap up to it? Was it, uh, what was it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was it, it was scary. That's what it was. <laughs> um, you know, I had uh, originally started at a, a firm on Long Island where I was a commercial litigator. 
Um, so that meant, you know, doing all types of business types disputes um, from real estate uh, to banking and um, other business areas. But I did work primarily with the employment partner there. And so um, that's the field that I felt the most passionate about. And, you know, because it was dealing with uh, real life experiences for people who in people's basically their second home. Um, you know, work is a, the second home for many of us. And so, um, you know, you, you're really in tune with the, the individuals that you're talking to and, and, and trying to help them. Um, granted, you know, the, the first 10 years when I was at law firms, um, I was generally on the management side or the employer side, as it's known, um, representing employers, because uh, that's the type of clients that were attracted to these bigger firms. Um, so I got to learn a lot about um, what goes into a case and how it's evaluated from the defense side. And when um, I realized that the second firm uh, was not the right fit for me, I had uh, a couple clients that were willing to come with me. So I, I kind of ponied up and said, let's do this. Um, I had a thought of just, you know, going around and, and creating handbooks for local businesses as a loss leader, um, knowing I'd be their trusted advisor should any employment issue arise going forward. But what ended up happening is that uh, my old two firms, who I left on very good terms with, started referring me cases for employees. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, they, they were basically doing the marketing for me. And I it wasn't something that I had um, thought I'd be doing, but once I started doing it, you know, I, I, at the beginning, I was, I was doing it all. I was driving to the apartments. I was driving into the city. You know, I was doing whatever I could to get these clients and, and show them a really personalized touch. And since I already had experience on the defense side, I knew what they'd be looking at. So what I'd always pride myself on and continue to pride myself on is, is managing client expectations and, um, you know, not taking the client who says I want a million dollars because that's the, uh, the jury verdict that was shown on the cover of a newspaper or whatnot, when these, um, individuals, uh, rightfully so don't know what happens after the jury awards a verdict and how a judge can um, reduce a verdict after on a, a, a motion called remitter and basically say that the jury's award was excessive. And unless you accept this amount, we're going to go to a new trial. Um, so I have a very good understanding of, you know, where a good uh, settlement posture is and, and had it. And, and, you know, if, if they're in, uh, you know, a pie in the sky land, they may not be the right one for me because I really like to be aligned with my clients and expectations. And I don't I don't like setting expectations that I can't meet. You know, I, I always say it's about good customer service and bedside manners, you know, and, and, and providing that service. Because at the end of the day, you, we, we are all providing a service at the end of the day. And so doing the right thing for our customers. Um Tell me about a, a typical day for you uh, now, like now for you, what does a typical day look like for you? You know, it, it's been a, an interesting um, few years. Um, you know, COVID obviously took a, a really big toll on, on many industries, including uh, the, the legal industry and, 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 and employment claims. Um, when people were working remotely, um, there, there weren't as many claims. And so 
things were developing in a different way where you were kind of giving free advice. A lot was um, talking about the vaccines and, and exemptions for religious or, or medical reasons. Um, and then now we're, we're through that and we have people who are back at work. And so now what a gen uh, day generally entails for me is, you know, waking up, um, making sure that I'm taking care of all my emails and everything on my calendar in the morning, um, reviewing uh, the any new cases that may have been published in the discrimination, retaliation, or wage and hour fields. I like to stay on top of that. And there's a uh, certain um, sites that give you uh, content um, for updated information like that. So that's what keeps me abreast of the changes that have got been going on in the law. And then, you know, uh, developing, you know, client relationships. Um, you know, on the one hand, I do represent employees. So, you know, that's not, those generally come from word of mouth and, you know, past clients I've, I've represented who have, uh, you know, recommended me or other attorneys um, who I have relationships with. But I also um, do represent small employers as well. Um, I'm, I'm here to fight for the little guy. And, and I understand that um, being an employer in New York is not an easy task. Uh, the policies and laws that are consistently passed are ever evolving and handbooks have to be changed almost on a semi-annual, if not more frequent basis um, with the, the new laws that come out. Um, more recently, you had some something with the HERO Act, which is to prevent the uh, spread of infectious airborne diseases that has to go into a handbook. Um, you now have a uh, a new amended um, labor law claim where now that that has to be put in the handbook. And you know, you, with, with, with all these valuable pieces of information you've given us, you're just, you're like shooting this great <laughs> valuable information, by the way, thank you for the, you know, our listeners are going to uh, appreciate this uh, information. Um, I like to give this segment, and this is perfect timing with a segue, is what piece of information you like to give to our to our listeners right now that can help their business or become a better business person. I like to say what golden uh, piece of nugget you would like to be behind so they can share this interview with. Is there anything you can give or any examples of information that you've used or anything like that? I mean, you just given us two fabulous of information. Course, yeah. and, and I yeah. gave you nuanced, you know, examples in, in this situation, but it's really um, getting really true trusted advisors, you know, that that goes for every aspect of, of someone's life, whether it's a financial or you know, tax with an accountant or, you know, whoever it may be, being with someone that you trust and that you and, and that you could establish trust with so that you understand that that person's going to be looking out for your best interests. Um, I always um, look out for my clients first, then often that, uh, you know, it, it, it causes some dilemma in the household once in a while, but they understand where, where loyalties must go and, and how priorities are taken. But, you know, right now, um, you know, being on top of the law, it's an employer's responsibility. Um, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. And so if an employer is sued and they say, oh, I didn't know that I had to pay him overtime or, oh, I didn't know that I couldn't, you know, uh, you know, say this to that person, 
Um, it's not an excuse or a defense to a lawsuit. Um, employers are charged with knowing the law. And that's a very daunting statement um, because there are a lot of laws that are out there. And so having a good employment attorney to navigate those minefields where you're dealing with um, certain federal laws that apply to certain companies, and then there's state laws that apply to companies, and then there are city and local laws. So you really have to understand all of them. And, and as, a, as a business owner who's trying to operate their own restaurant or business and sell whatever products they're looking to sell or service they're looking to provide, you know, that's not something that someone really wants to do. So teaming up with a, a good employment lawyer, I think is always good, whether it's just for a quick phone call, which I provide free advice, you know, plenty of times for, but then, you know, and, 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 and with that, how could they reach you, by the way? What's, uh, what's the yeah, best way so, to reach you? You know, my website is uh, yalepolliclaw.com, Y-A-L-E-P-O-L-L-A-C-K-L-A-W.com. Uh, that's my website. My phone number is 516-634-6340. And my email is ypollock, Y-P-O-L-L-A-C-K, at yalepolliclaw.com. Oh, good. excellent. And and a question for you. Um, do you belong to any organizations that uh, uh, you want to mention? Um, any any specific groups or organizations they belong to? I mean, I'm part of you know a, a bunch of bar associations, including the NASA Bar, uh, American Bar Association, and um, the New York State Bar Association, and those. Um, have active committees where I'm primarily in the labor and employment section and um, they, they help, you know, you know, there's groups and, and I'm also part of a, also um, a uh, NILA New York. It's a national employment um, advocates for basically employees. And so they serve as a really good sounding board for solo practitioners such as myself to uh, bounce ideas off of other people um, because it's not, it, it, it's scary being on your own and, and thinking you have the right answer, but having a sounding board for others who could give you other ways to attack it or, you know, otherwise give you other strategies. It, it, that's a great other organization that I'm part of. Okay. Excellent. And yell one more time uh, for our listeners. Uh, what's, how's the best way to contact you? Again, it, you know, through email or phone, um, you know, being with the phone number at 516-634-6340 or email at ypollock, Y-P-O-L-L-A-C-K at Yale, Y-A-L-E, Pollock spelled the same way, law, L-A-W.com. Okay, excellent. Well, Yell, thank you so much for this interview. There's been great so much time learning about so much about what you do and your passion about the law employment from the beginning from with your grandfather working there and taking it to now. Wow, you just took us to a great journey. And I just wanted to thank you for your time. Juan, I really wanted to thank you for having me on as a guest today. I just truly appreciate it. Okay, Yell, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to the next